Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. G's Power Hour. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, TGIF. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks for being with us, getting ready for another great weekend here in beautiful Central Florida. And it's the third Friday of the month already, gee. And that means we have Friday in the Garden with Mr. Robert Bowden. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? You know, one thing I've discovered when you retire is the days go so fast. It's unbelievable. Yes, they do. (laughs) Yeah. I have a, a cousin that just retired, um, and, he, I mean, he's been a very, very industrious worker all his life, but he said, I am so much more busy than when I was working. He said, I don't understand. <laughs> he said, this is just it's going. He said, if you're kind of yeah. busy, but you're still busy. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully it's, it's busy doing what you love, hopefully anyway, so – and uh, speaking of uh, being busy, you said you're not teaching this weekend because you're going to be busy doing something else. You are going to really be in that garden. So talk to us. What are you, what's getting ready to happen? I'm uh, I'm getting ready to put the uh, fall and winter vegetable garden in. So I'm looking at plants like beans and broccoli and cabbage, carrots. Uh, planting some seeds for some celery, uh, planting cucumbers and kale. Um, I'm going to try to sow some lettuce in, in little peat pots um, uh, so I can put them out into the garden later. Uh, plant squash now and tomato seeds and just a, and turnips, of course. you got to plant turnips now. So it's a really busy time of the year right now. You are really making me hungry. So, but now you know all of that. We we know requires some prep, prep preparation. So, um, you did you do the? Um, and I forget what you call it. So you're gonna have to remind us uh, the prep where you do the the plastic. Did you do that? I did not do that. Um, okay. It's called solarization, and what you do okay. is you take a big piece of plastic. And you put over your entire garden, and you seal uh-huh. the edges. Where you have to seal the edges. Um, uh-huh. And what that does, it creates a, an oven-like atmosphere under there. And, the, and you use clear plastic, and you um, uh, lay it over your dirt after you've um, turned it over and put some fertilizer in there and make it nice and fluffy. And then uh, you just let the sun do the work, the sun's rays will bounce back and forth underneath the plastic and, and the soil, and it gets really hot under there. It gets 140 degrees under, underneath that plastic. kills wow. um, fungus, fungus and viruses and bacteria, uh, weed seeds. It kills weed seeds, which is really important, and uh-huh. it, it forces those pesky nematodes deeper into the ground so your vegetables at least have a chance of growing. So, um, yeah, um, it's probably too late to do that now. Yeah. But you probably need mm-hmm. to do, you need to plan on it uh, next late spring, early summer, so you can get, uh, get some good action out of it. But it, it really works. Uh, the fact that it kills weed seeds alone is, is reason enough to do it, I think. It's, it's sure. amazing what how it works. Yeah. 
And how long do you leave that on? How long do you leave that on? Uh, Longer, yeah, longer the better. Um, Okay. If you keep it on at least a month, that's great. uh, You know, not many people grow a lot of vegetables in the summertime. uh, Or if they do, they they take what they do grow and put it in a small section of the garden, and then you can solarize the rest. Uh, and you, you, the longer you leave it on, the more um, the more it works. So a month at least. But you know, if if you're not one to grow uh, things like peanuts and sweet potatoes and okra in the summer, then put a piece of plastic over it and uh, kill all those bugs and stuff. It's really important though that you seal the edges. So um, it's kind of like an oven door. You know, if you leave mm-hmm. that oven door open just a little bit, uh, it's not going to work. So it, what we, what I usually do uh, is uh, build a little trench, maybe three or so inches deep with a hoe, and mm-hmm. then I'll lay the edge of the plastic in that ditch, and then I'll take the soil and put back over it so there's no holes. Everything is nice and tight. And um, I had totally forgotten how effective it is against weed seeds because I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting any weeds in my garden. And sure enough, it's because uh, I had solarized the year before, and uh, it really reduces the amount of competition with your vegetables. So should you solarize every year? Now, it's not really necessary. If you can do it for three months, you can probably get away with every two or three years. If you only okay. do it for a month, then, yeah, you probably want to do it, you know, for one month in the summer when you're not growing anything else. Okay. And so um, so is that reason maybe did you – was that one of the reasons you did not choose to solarize or just didn't get around to it or, or what? I'm just curious. Well, I'm I'm growing the peanuts and the sweet potatoes and the okra uh-huh. and the collards, so yeah, I uh, it it's all that um, it's all that North Florida. Uh, um, when I was growing up, North Florida, we eat all that stuff up there, so we we um, don't have much time for solarization. Okay, I got you. So let me ask you this, because you were talking about, well, you know, you didn't solarize because you were still planting and stuff like that. One of my one of the things that I've uh, heard is that you don't necessarily plant the same things in the same place all the time. So do you rotate your crops? I guess that's what you do or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if okay. let's let's think it through, okay. So there okay. are these little these little microscopic worms, and they have a, um, a stylus, a, like a straw, as a mouth part, and they're in the soil. And okay. if you were to dig uh, one cubic foot of soil and then study it carefully, you'll probably find five to 7,500, that's 5,000 nematodes just in that square foot alone. Okay, and they foot. So they they love to eat certain plants. They're going to eat as many as they can, uh, but they really love things like peppers and tomatoes mm-hmm. and uh, eggplants. So um, they're gonna they're gonna crawl through the soil because they I guess they can smell it. I don't know. They crawl through the soil, and they attach themselves to the roots of of those plants. And uh, then they start sucking the juice out. And then there's competition. You know, the plant upstairs wants the, wants the nutrients, but so do the nematodes down below. And eventually, the nematodes win because there's nothing you can do to kill them. So what you have to do is make sure that you don't plant tomatoes and peppers and eggplants in the same place you did last year. Because when you pull them out of the ground, you don't pull the nematodes out with the plant. They're still in the ground. So if you go back and you plant tomatoes or potatoes or something in the same spot, then um, those nematodes are already there. There's already 
a really significant population. And by putting a, a plant like a tomato or a pepper in there, you, you just gave away the store. So what you have to do is make those little guys move. You make them work for whatever they're going to eat. So if you're if you're if you're growing tomatoes in one spot, then next year or this this uh, fall, you want to plant that ten or twelve feet away. So you make those nematodes leave where they were and make them move all the way over there. At least the plants have a chance, and it also uh, helps with nutrition. If you grow tomatoes in one spot, they're going to suck up all the nutrients that they need. And if you put tomatoes right back in them, in that same spot, then the nutrition isn't going to be there. And uh, you're going to have to add additional nutrients to that. So we always move it around. We never, ever, ever plant the same plant in the same place uh, for, for fertilizer reasons and for those pesky little nematodes. So you just got to keep moving. It's no big deal. Uh, you just make sure that you plant your tall stuff on the north side of the garden so you don't cause a shadow in the, in the wintertime. Because that's when we grow all of our vegetables right now. We're just we're getting ready to really start producing some food in the next uh, four or five months. So just uh, just keep moving all those plants around and you'll be fine. So I guess when you... When you um, uh, reap that, you know, you go ahead and, and plant something different in that particular spot. Um, and then right. you're talking about your tall plants. For example, let's say you plant corn. Once you take the corn out, then what would you plant as, in terms of a tall plant in its place? Uh, tomatoes. Okay. Um, you, can, you can plant pole beans. Uh, I grow okay. cucumbers uh, on a fence. No. Um, because um, if you grow cucumbers on the ground, um, you're going to step on the vines while you're looking for them, and they're really uh-huh. hard to find. So I grow okay. them up on a fence, and that works really well. And uh, pole beans, you'd be planting pole beans on the on the north side of the garden as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of tall stuff. Now, do you have those particular plants in a raised bed? You can, you sure can. Yep. Okay. So a raised bed, a typical raised bed would be four feet wide, ten feet long, and at least ten inches deep. So at the very least, you would go to a home improvement store or a lumber yard, and you would buy two two by tens, ten feet long, and then you would also buy one that's eight feet long. And while you're there, you have the guy take that eight-footer and cut it in half. So now you have two 10-foot boards and you have two four-foot boards, and then you simply nail or screw them together, uh, make a box, and if it's 10 inches deep, you fill that box with 30 cubic feet of potting soil. Go to a garden center, go to a home home improvement store and look at the bag it'll say you know 2.5 cubic feet of potting soil in this bag then you figure out how many would equal 30 cubic feet and put that in that bed and then you water it in really well and then you start planting and that's how easy it is make sure that you give those plants eight hours minimum eight hours of full sun so just remember that in the winter time, which we're going into now, that the sun is going to be lower on the horizon. So what may be in full sun now in January, February may be in the shade. So make sure you know where you put that garden. It gets full sun eight hours a day, not five, not six, but eight hours a day. And uh, the, the vegetables that you grow will be very happy. Very happy. Make sure you water them on a regular basis, and that's one of the easiest things in the world to do. We we do have actually. Uh, I still teach, even though I'm retired as the director at Lou Gardens after 30 years. I still teach. Uh, they're they're kind enough to let me continue to teach classes there, 
And we have a winter vegetable garden class coming up. I think it's in a week or two. And you can go on uh, Eventbrite and go to Lou Gardens and uh, see what that is. And uh, it'll give you all the information you need to know about growing food in the winter. So that class is coming up in a week or two. So I encourage your listeners to participate in that because I think it's a pretty good class. It fills up really fast. So um, I think we usually have about 25, 20, yeah, about 25 people in each class. And it's every chair is taken. So make sure if you're interested in growing food and you don't know how to do it, that you come to this class and get some ideas on how to do it. Sounds like a plan. We're going to take yep. a quick break. We are here with Robert Bowden, and uh, we're getting our winter garden in gear. If Well, if you have questions, as I warned you, you should have sent them in earlier, but we will continue to talk about it. We're going to get you ready. This is Dee's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. It is the third Friday of the month, believe it or not, and it is time to talk Friday in the garden with Robert Bowden. And so we are getting everything together. We're planting our winter garden. So um, now, is it... I guess I want to know, is it still... Is it... You're planting this weekend... Um, and I was curious because it's been the temperatures have been hotter than normal, and I don't know how that affects what you choose to plant or when you choose to plant. Um, tell me why you've selected to do this now. Well, if you start early enough, like September we're in now, you can actually have two winter crops of vegetables. So if you plant your vegetable seeds now, now you can also you can plant directly into the ground, or you can plant into small um, peat cups. Or um, I use um, eggshells. You know, I use I chop the upper third of an egg off and uh, use the inside. And then I plant seeds in those. Um, you know, those little uh, Keurig cups that everybody throws out. You can poke a hole in the bottom of those, uh, take the take the guts out. The, there's like a little uh, net in there. Take that out, put some good potting soil in there, uh, and grow plants that way. And then you very carefully pull them out and put them into the into the garden. There's lots of things that you can use um, to plant seeds. So you can either sow them directly, or you can uh, sow them. Uh, in little egg shells or egg um, containers and let them grow off, you know, so they're of some size uh, and then put them out in the garden. So things like broccoli and cabbage, you'd want to grow a seedling first and let it get up to size and then you plant that seedling out to the garden. So we're getting a little head start. We go ahead and plant all of that stuff now, the stuff that I mentioned before, like cucumbers and kale and, and lettuce and um, English peas and all that stuff. You plant that now, then um, it'll be probably pretty much finished by the time uh, um, 
the first of the year comes around. And so in December, we're going to start planting all over again um, and getting things ready because we we're going to put in a second crop of broccoli and cabbage and lettuce and all that stuff. And then we'll grow that until April, well, maybe March. And then we're going to plant the spring crop. But you can, if you start now, you start early, you can get two crops in the wintertime. So if you're from somewhere else other than Florida, uh, you're thinking to yourself, uh, you know, in the wintertime, we just put everything away and wait for spring. But um, in Florida, especially central Florida, we grow more food September through May than any other time of the year. We grow it fall, winter, spring. So we grow just about everything that we eat in the wintertime. Yeah, there's some wow. things that we grow in the summertime. You know, we in the in the summertime we're going to grow okra and turnips and you know that sort of stuff that likes the hot. But from September through April, that's when we grow all of our stuff. So you need to you need to uh, some stuff needs to be sown directly in the ground, like beans and cucumbers and squash. Uh, uh-huh. Other things like other things like um, lettuce and and uh, um, they they need to um, they need to be started elsewhere and then transplanted into the gardens. You know all of that okay. information, and I've said this before, but um, <laughs> I wrote a book back in 2015 called Florida uh-huh. Fruit and Vegetable Gardening, and uh, it's the result of Growing vegetables um, here in Central Florida, and I've I've evaluated over 800 different varieties of vegetables, and that that would, you know, that includes you know different kinds of beans, and oh gosh, this goes you know different kinds of watermelon and cantaloupe and the whole nine yards. So uh-huh. the varieties that I talk about in the book are those varieties that I know are going to perform well here. So um, that's available online through Amazon or Barnes & Noble, carries it, Lowe's, Target, online, they all have it. And inside, in that book, is, there are several charts that will tell you what to grow, when to start the seed, do you plant it directly in the ground, or do you plant it elsewhere and transplant them later. And this book uh, also talks about growing fruit trees. Oh, you can uh-huh. grow some really, really nice fruit trees. Last year, I only have two peach trees. That's a special peach tree that's bred for growing in our hot temperatures. And last year, I had 150 peaches off of two trees. And there's nothing in the world better than a fresh peach right off, right off the tree. So we also talk about vegetables, but we also talk about fruits that that Uh include avocados and blackberries and blueberries and star fruit and guava, and the list goes on and on. But it's all talked about in that book. So um, it's it's sold over 35,000 copies, so somebody must like it. Well, there's a lot of information. I'm sure you you've forgotten more information than most of us are, are able to, to retain and pick up. You know, because uh, you know, I'm just sitting here listening to you. And I'm like, okay, I got to go back and listen because I, there's things that I need to to remember to do. Um, <laughs> and, and, but speaking of that, you know, you've talked about how long you've been in the business, and I, I think that you know. And I, tell me what it is you went to school in. Is it horticulture? What is it called yeah. if you are deci- deciding, I want, this is a field that I want to go into because I'm sure there are kids that are in school now that may be saying, okay, I don't necessarily want to do the typical, you know, nine to five per right. se, and I want to do something different. And, you know, I want to work with my hands and I want, you know, but I, I you know, there, but there's so many facets to it. So how does a person make a decision whether or not what you do is the career for them? Well, I I started working after school in a garden center, putting fertilizer and, and 
bags of hay in people's cars. And then on the weekend, um, I would do the same thing, but I would also answer questions that people may have had because uh, we, you know, we grew a lot of food and grew a lot of plants in our yard at home. And then um, I, I was a park ranger for a short time, but I needed a four-year degree because I wanted to have a family. And I, I, I thought I already knew how to grow plants, so I found the horticulture program. Now, horticulture is the science of growing plants. It, it, it doesn't include designing with plants. It's just how do you get plants to grow, either from seed or by cuttings or whatever. And uh, it just came pretty naturally to me. Um, but you can, you can get a certificate or you can get uh, an associate's degree. I mean, right here in Central Florida, you can go to Valencia State College and get a degree in horticulture or landscape management or any number of things. And um, we we have uh, I teach there as well uh, at the gardens. And um, you know we teach you how to grow from seed and from cuttings, and uh, we learn all you know about 200 different plants every semester. Um, and then oftentimes you can get a job working in a greenhouse up in Apopka or you can work at a garden center um, because now you're going to have a little knowledge under your belt. Uh, it's very satisfying. Um, it's a very satisfying business to be in because you can, you can help things grow. And uh, as you know, um, back in the 70s when I was going to college, um, the school um, in Tallahassee, they had the horticulture program at Florida A&M, and that's where I went. And I got my four-year degree in horticulture from Florida A&M, and then I went on because I ultimately wanted to manage a botanical garden. I also went to University of Florida and got my master's degree there in management. But in horticulture, there's so many different ways that you can go. You can work in a greenhouse and grow orchids, or you can work in a greenhouse and grow uh, seedlings or vegetables. Uh, you can grow houseplants. Uh, you can work in a garden center. Um, you know, there are people that run the greenhouses at uh, Valencia College that were once students there, but uh, are now uh, running the greenhouses and, and part of the grounds. So if you enjoy growing things and learning a little bit more uh, the science behind it, then uh, they have a really good program at Valencia State College. Uh, and just growing things, and, and I, I don't know that it's a, a real high-paying job, but if you enjoy working with your hands and enjoy seeing things grow and you, you like pretty things, you grow flowers and vegetables and trees and shrubs, it's, uh, it's not a bad business to be in. I've been very fortunate over uh, my career to be able to do things I really enjoy doing. Well, in a lot of cases, too, there is a, a real need to have people who are experienced in that area. Uh, we tend to import a lot of what we ingest. And, you know, I mean, it, it's nice, like you said, it's better if you're able to uh, get your fruit and vegetables from local local growers for a number of reasons, right? Absolutely. You know, one of the, one of the real reasons um, – that we grow our own. I mean, I have four children, and I want to make sure I understand what's going into their body. And if I buy things at the store, I, I have no assurance that those plants or those vegetables are actually safe to eat. But if I grow them myself, if I open up a package of seeds and I plant those seeds in the ground, and then two, three months later I harvest um, the fruit from that, like, you know, I... I, I picked uh, four beautiful dark um, eggplants uh, just yesterday in my garden and made uh, eggplant parmesan with it. Uh, the fact that, number one, I grew those from a package of seeds that only cost me $2.50. Each individual eggplant would have cost me that, but then the flavor is so much greater when you when you buy, get it fresh. And... 
you know, I, it just drives me crazy when I go to the store and over the vegetables it says fresh produce. And I'm thinking, how fresh can it be? You know, those nectarines and those beans have been there for two or three days. And just as an example, green beans, just plain old ordinary green beans, they lose 50% of their nutritional value five days after you harvest them. So you go to the store and you're buying fresh green beans. You buy fresh green beans because you know that they're, they're, they're full of nutrition and they're better than the beans in the can. Well, they're not mm-hmm. really not much better. They're not much better because wow. they've been sitting in the in a truck and then they've been sitting in the store for a while. They lose fifty percent. And if you, I mean, if you go out um, thirty minutes before dinner and grab yourself a handful of beans and you steam them and you put uh, you know some <laughs> some salt and some roasted slivered almonds on that, one hundred percent of the nutrition is going into your body, you know that it's safe because you grew it. You know what you've done to that, whether you spray uh, soap on it to get rid of aphids or, yeah, you you haven't, I mean, if you keep it healthy, you don't, you very rarely need pesticides. So growing your own uh, uh, is is a great thing because you're in control of everything and you go to school and learn how to do that. You could take classes at the gardens, but mm-hmm. you can actually get an associate's degree from from um, uh, um, Valencia State College in horticulture, and, and we'll teach you how to do all that stuff. I have. I did not uh, know. I have. Yeah, I've got twenty kids, twenty people. I've got old and young, growing in my or uh, taking my classes in horticulture and specifically uh, vegetable growing right now, learning how to do it. And we have have raised beds on campus, and we're growing food right out there, and we're showing people how to grow things. Okay, good to know. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We are here with Robert Bowden getting our our heads full as well as uh, (laughs) starting hoping and getting our bellies full uh, for the winter because we're planting that winter garden. and we, if you have questions, uh, because this is pre-recorded today, um, you can send them in. Just hit me up on, on the D's Power Hour Facebook page, and uh, we'll get those questions over to Robert um, right away. Uh, this is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple, dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720, Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garris. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the argument. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you chilling? Well, good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us on this beautiful Friday here in Central Florida. And we are here with Robert Bowden because it is Friday in the Garden, the third Friday of the month on G's Power Hour. And, um... I wanted to ask you, a friend of mine is kind of listening in on, on the phone right now and uh, had a question about, I guess, the cherry brush or wanted to find out if that information is included in your book. Um, what, was the, what was the question? I think it's a, a, a cherry brush she asked about or something like that or cherry bush. Um, she wanted to know, I guess, if you had any information in your book about about that. Um. Mm. Well, that, that's a tough 
question because I'm not sure what she's talking about. Cherry okay. Bush. I, I don't know if she's talking about uh, uh, Cherry Bush because can you, and I guess that is a question. Can you grow cherries here in Florida? Because that's usually associated with northern states and maybe um, uh, I've heard about maybe cherry blossoms um, that can grow, I guess, as far south as maybe Georgia, but um, what do you know about either one of those? The cherries, cherries won't grow here. Cherries, cherries need won't grow uh, here. cold. Yeah, they need cold temperatures in the winter time to uh, produce the fruit. Um, uh-huh. There was a there's a, a professor at the University of Florida who has created a number of fruit trees that require uh, fewer hours of cold weather. So just 20 years ago, if someone said, you know, that uh, you could grow peaches in Orlando, I I, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh-huh. you can grow, uh, there are plums and nectarines and uh, peaches that will grow here in Central Florida. And as I said, I had over 150 peaches last year off of my two trees. Um, and so you just... You go to a garden center, a big garden center, uh, and look at their peach trees and their plums and their nectarines, and they they grow very, very well here, but they have to be specific varieties. Uh, And and don't forget all the other things that you can grow here. I mean, there's, you know, we're sort of in an area where um, if you can plant a, a fruit tree, and it's a little tender, you know, if you want like a mango, for instance, or a lychee. Um, if you can get it past the fifth year, fourth or fifth year, then chances are, unless we get a really, really bad cold down in the low 20s, um, those those trees are going to survive. So you can grow peaches and nectarines and plums, but you can also uh, grow a number of other things if you can get it past that fourth or fifth year. So um, we we do teach uh, not only vegetable gardening classes, but we also have fruit tree classes at the gardens tells you what varieties to grow and how to prune them so they'll produce the most fruit. Uh, you just have to look on their event page and see what I'm going to teach it next. But there's lots of stuff that you can grow. Peaches. I mean, cherries, however, are not one of those. It's just not cold enough here. But you can grow things like lychees and papayas and figs and uh-huh. blackberries and blueberries. Did you know, I just heard this last week, that blueberries have surpassed peaches mm-hmm. as the number one fruit in Georgia. So no, Georgia I had not heard that. Yep, Georgia was known as the peach state, but now they grow and and profit more from blueberries than they do peaches. Wow. But we wow. the the fruit classes um also te- talk about pecans and persimmons and how to grow pineapples and um guavas, so all of those are included in those classes. You just have to keep your eye open for those. Okay, I'll be doing that. So, so, um, so I guess what I want to know, you talked about a lot of stuff. And so when you're pulling up all that stuff, it's like, okay, and, and you talked about freshness, which is, is key. That's one of the reasons we, we want to, to do this planting. Right. How do you determine how much to plant? Because you don't want to have too much. And I, and I guess if you have a lot and you know a lot of people, you can share some of that stuff, but you don't want to have too too much where it goes to waste. Yeah, um, and quite honestly, um, that just comes with time. You know how you know how many beans you need to grow. Keep in okay. mind, keep in mind that when we grow our own food, you know we grow turnips and bok choy and different kinds of lettuce and stuff. We we are simply uh, um, growing part of the total amount of vegetables that we need to grow. It's never unless you're growing on a farm, you're never going to have enough uh, vegetables 
so you don't have to go to the store. So what we're talking about with the turnips and the bok choy and those sort of things, that supplements our uh, buying at the store. So um, instead of buying all your stuff there, you can grow some yourself and then buy some from the store. But I don't want anyone to think that once you start growing, you won't be at the store. I still go to the store and buy things from time to time because it's the wrong time of the year or maybe my plants haven't come up yet or maybe the bugs got them and um, throw them away. So, you know, there's any number. But you will learn over time uh, through experience how much you need to grow. But let me just say this, too. You never grow too much. Because you and I both know that there are people in our own neighborhood just down the street who, you know, for whatever reason, they could be a veteran, they could be uh, a senior citizen, maybe somebody just lost their job. Um, You know, not everyone is as fortunate as we are. So we always grow just a little bit more uh, than we actually need. Uh, so I can share it with neighbors who can't afford it or who can't go to the store. There's a program called uh, um, Sow a a Row for the Hungry. And so if I grow a 10-foot row of yellow wax beans, I'll plant two rows of yellow wax beans, and I'll share uh, the the fruit off of those beans with neighbors who might not – uh, be able to go to the store, can't afford it, or maybe they're a veteran and they can't get out. So Grow a Row for the Hungry is, is a pretty uh, good program. And if you find yourself growing too much, then put it in a basket and take it to a neighbor. What a great way to make friends. Exactly. I And I haven't really gotten to the point where I grow a whole lot, and, and I, I plan on getting there, and I'm hoping to get there soon. But um, one of the things I have done is um, with the um, um, at Lucas Nursery. Yeah, you've talked about Lucas before. Um, they have had the the Georgia peach truck that comes down, and you can usually get a whole container of, of peaches. And I'm like, okay, I know, um, and the peaches are so good. I know I can't eat all of these peaches, but so I usually, you know, share a couple, you know, of peaches here or there with the neighbors and relatives and stuff like that. And it's, they, you know, they're always like really appreciative and stuff. And I even have like um, a neighbor that um, she said, you know, when she grew up, she learned how to do the um, preserving of the peaches and, and stuff like that. So, you know, you can always exchange um, uh recipes and stuff like that. I like to make peach cobbler too. And, and I loved, I love grilled peaches. That's kind of a new thing for me is the grilled peaches, but I love them. And so I always look forward to that. That certainly sounds good. Yeah. And you'd be amazed that there's a lady that lives three or four houses down and um, we, we see her walking. So she gets exercise, but, um, uh, I, I know she's not getting enough to eat, so we always just uh, put some good vegetables and berries in a basket and ring the doorbell. Um, she's very appreciative, and it sure tastes good. And it's a great way to make friends, you know, or, or, or neighbors. You know, you're out working in your yard, and your neighbors walk by, and you say, hey, would you like some tomatoes? And um, so you share a basket of tomatoes, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you grow a little bit too much, to share it with people. But you'll learn over time how much to grow and how much not to grow. Okay. I appreciate that. We're going to take our final break, and uh, we're going to come back and talk more with Robert about uh, getting ready for winter, getting our winter garden ready for us. Um, I can't believe we're talking about winter already. This is G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs. 
owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garris. Uh, you may know me as Timmy G. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the argument. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you? Hey there, good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with Robert Bowden, and we are celebrating Friday in the garden. Getting, uh, He's spending the weekend getting his winter garden vegetable, uh, winter, <laughs> winter vegetable garden ready, and maybe you should too. So, you know, we're getting a little bit of advice from him. But I wanted to ask you, are they stereotypical for uh, down? I know they're stereotypical for like the winter for Halloween or whatnot. Gourds are um, in, in general, but pumpkins in particular. Can you grow those here in Florida? Yeah, you sure can. Uh, you would have started them back in uh, April or June, but uh-huh. uh, you would want. That's what I yeah, wanted to ask wanna, about. Yeah, yeah, you want to start those and. In March or April, um, and uh, the it's not the typical big orange uh, pumpkins, but there is a, a a squash called Seminole pumpkin, and it it grows to be about the size of a bowling ball or so, and uh-huh. um, they they can withstand our summer temperatures and the water that we get and a lot of the diseases that we get, they're able to uh, uh, survive those. And uh, it, it's just a squash, and they're very, very good to eat, but it's one of those really, really tough vegetables that can take our heat and uh, high humidity and high rainfall in the summer. But just regular pumpkins, you need to start in uh, March and April. Same thing uh-huh. with our melons. Yeah. So we'll... We'll have to get people ready for that the next time. But if you find, let's say, a local pumpkin grower that has those Florida pumpkins, um, are, are those are those pumpkins good for making pumpkin pie? Um, there are um, pumpkins for jack-o'-lanterns, and there are pumpkins for eating. Um, okay. They're generally two, they're generally two different kinds. Okay. All right. Good to know. See, I didn't know that. I'm not a big pumpkin person per se. You know, I know we're in the season of pumpkin and pumpkin spice latte and all that kind of stuff. But uh, just wanted to find out exactly, you know, what what to do, you know, what to expect. So good to know. So we'll have to uh, tackle the pumpkin thing, uh, I guess, late. Uh, spring, early summer of 2024, which, <laughs> like you right. said, the time just kind of goes right. fast anyway. It'll be here soon enough. Um, so, so you should be you should be planting things like beans and yeah. beets and mm-hmm. carrots mm-hmm. and uh, let's see. Um, Do you make bean salad? Bean salad. Do you make bean salad, like a three-bean salad, or I've even seen yeah. five beans oh, yeah. salad. Do you make them? Okay. Yeah. A little bacon and some vinegar goes a long way, doesn't it? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So you don't. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So what do you use, apple cider vinegar or just regular vinegar yeah. or what? No, apple cider. Apple cider. Apple cider vinegar and some bacon, a little sugar. Yep. Okay. And I think, right. and I think it's important that you um, – you, make it a day or two ahead of time and put it in the refrigerator with a cover on it so it has a chance to, uh, the flavors have a t- chance to mingle a little bit. 
Okay, and then how long do you uh, you steam the vegetables first, or what do you do? Blanch yeah. them, or what do yeah, you do? We yeah, we we blanch them, steam them, um, just so they're beyond the crunchy phase. But right. In three, yeah, you don't you don't want to cook them forever, so they don't hold up when you when you serve them. You don't want them being smooshy. But yeah, they're they're actually pretty easy to grow. I I love I have this. I know people don't like beets, but I have this beet recipe where I take golden and red beets, and I use uh, raspberry vinaigrette and a very finely diced onion and celery, and uh-huh. I'll mix all that together. And the raspberry vinaigrette is what makes the difference. And then you store oh, wow. that in the refrigerator for a day or two. It's called beet salad. And it is incredible. It is so tasty. It's really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have to try that. Yeah, my father loved beets. Um, I never got yeah. into them as much as, as he did, but he, he absolutely loved them. Um, I've had beet, I guess what, beet sugar. Uh, I've had some of the that. Um, it, yeah. you know, people use that, I think a lot as an alternative to regular sugar for sweeteners and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. and then I, I've got, I have gotten some of the frozen chopped up beets and, and put them in like, uh, smoothies and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's about the only way you can eat kale is in a smoothie. I actually... I'm I'm learning a little bit more about do, you know doing kale. I actually have um like I guess sauteed some kale and and um those mini sweet peppers cut them up with that and then some um sausage and stuff. And well, it that's actually not bad. Well, do me a favor and eat some for me next time, okay? <laughs> you ha- there are vegetables you don't like, Robert? I am shocked. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of them. Really? Make, you know that yeah. dinosaur, that gray, blue, gray, green um, dinosaur kale. They make kale chips out of that, and yeah. um, that that is that is the worst thing on this planet. I don't know how people can oh eat that stuff. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just go, you know, go eat some bamboo leaves or something, you know. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I, I I have managed. I'm learning a little bit about how to deal with kale because kale is kind of a a, a tough thing to deal with. Um, yeah. And then one of the one of the things, I, and I do like quite a few vegetables, and some I haven't been introduced to. You know, didn't eat them that often, didn't have them around when I was a kid. Uh, and I know people that really love turnips. And I'm yeah. like, ooh, wow, you know. But I will put them in, like, mixed greens if I decide to do, yeah. like, some collars and mustards. And I even maybe throw some kale in there and, and just do kind of mixed greens. You know, I'll put turnips in there, too. You know, uh, that I can take it that way a lot better than uh, turnips on their own, you know. I'll have, I have to tell you a funny stuff. story. Okay. Funny story. I was I was in the garden, uh, weeding and hoeing, and my wife had her little basket out there, and she's collecting greens for um, for dinner. And she, you know, she had picked some turnip greens, and she had picked some mustard greens, and she went over to um, the broccoli and took some leaves off of that. And she took some leaves off of the Brussels sprouts, and uh, she was heading for um, for some more broccoli. And I said, "Excuse me, sweetheart, but um, you, you don't pick broccoli leaves. You pick the head. Um, you 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 can't eat um, uh, cauliflower leaves." And she said, "Well, sure you can." And I said, "No, I'm sorry, but." You know, you wait until that center part gets large enough, and then you pick that, or you pick the top of the broccoli. But you you can't eat broccoli and uh, Brussels sprout leaves. And she said, "Well, sure you can. You've been eating them all week." 
Wow. So has, oh, my gosh. Been, <laughs> yeah. So she's been collecting all these greens from all these plants. And I guess I guess if you put a little bit of sugar and some bacon in there, you can eat just about anything. <laughs> okay. So your solution to stuff that you don't like is sugar and bacon. I, I, I'm hearing yeah. a recurring theme here. Okay. Yeah. So. Anything is better with bacon. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, anything? Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question, not vegetable related. Are you okay. a proponent of bacon ice cream? No. Okay. Thank you. No. <laughs> I don't understand. No. So. Yeah. Some people okay. some people really like bacon, but yeah. um, I mean bacon has bacon has its place, you know. Yes, everything a big, in its place. Big pot of big pot of collard greens or a big pot. I mean, really, the only way you can eat turnip greens is with a little bacon or some kind of smoked meat in there because they're just so bitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing with mustard, but anything's yeah. better with uh, bacon on it. That's for sure. Yeah, I like to do uh, bacon in my cabbage. And in okra, I do. I, that's where I well, usually yeah. do most of that. My and mom, then maybe you know some beans. Yeah. My mom, um, my mother's side of the, was the German, and um, we used to take a. She used to take a head of cabbage, and mm-hmm. cut it up into into little threads, <clears throat> and then uh, she put bacon in with it and lots of black pepper. And uh-huh. then uh, maybe maybe 15 minutes or so, she'd fry that in a big pot. And uh-huh. then she'd make these little flour dumplings with just with, you know, salt, flour, a little bit of water. And then she'd uh-huh. boil those, and then she'd put them in with the beans. And uh, I'll tell you, I, there's nothing better than fried cabbage with those little dumplings in there. And sometimes... If we had enough money, she'd make little ping pong ball size meat uh, meatballs. Um, mm. And so there were six people in the family. If she would make six meatballs, so uh-huh. everybody got a meatball. But everybody got a meatball. I had a brother and I had a brother and two sisters, and by the time that bowl of fried cabbage got to me, there were no meatballs left. So. Somebody that's, took that's your meatball. When, that's what happens when you're the uh, the youngest. Everyone says you get you get spoiled, but in my family, you, you didn't get much at the end of the table. So but we, now, when they they love, started to grow up, love when cabbage. they started to grow up and leave the house, though, then you got every you started to get more yeah. stuff, right? Okay. Oh yeah, 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 I, yeah. You betcha. <laughs> No, and I never told no him that either. Ah, yeah, never told him. Wow. <laughs> so, okay, well, good. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we, we had this discussion today. I, I've learned a lot, <laughs> always do. Um, so, uh, you know, this weekend, don't don't look for Robert in the class. He'll be in his garden, um, and hopefully you will be too, you know, so hopefully you've taken some something away so you can – plant your winter garden so that you'll have something well your first winter garden anyway you should be planting so you'll have stuff for uh the the holidays the winter holidays and then um, you'll start the next one so thank you robert so much for your time no i was to say if you know if you don't want to buy seeds packages of seeds you can go Mm -hmm. to your local feed store and buy seeds in bulk and they know what varieties will perform best here in oh, Central good. Florida, they'll be glad to share that information with you, and uh, mm-hmm. they'll share uh, some seeds uh, that you'll have plenty for years to come for just a little bit of money. So that's a great way to save on your grocery bill. And there's a feed store. Isn't there one on, um, is it Division? I think it's I heard on, of uh, one there. It, yeah, there's a feed store on the corner of Robinson and uh, Paramore. Um, and then, okay. uh, yep, yep, it's a good one. And uh, they sell the vegetable seeds of the vegetables that they know will perform here. Uh, they're probably third third generation of uh, feed store in that location. So 
if you, if you, okay. if you have any questions about growing food, they'd be good good people to ask too. Okay. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate it. Have a you blessed bet. weekend. Don't tax yourself too much and stay hydrated. And oh, thank you all for Bye-bye listening. Now. Take care. Thanks for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good in Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Drink water. <laughs>